What's up, everyone? This is the Red and Yellow Kingdom podcast. I'm your host, Scott, joined by Rich with your average everyday Chiefs talk. Our previous recordings are available on podcast platforms, including Spotify, Apple, and Google. Just look or search for the Red and Yellow Kingdom podcast, as well as our, as well as our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, currently, I'm still actually on vacation, uh, actually out here in Denver. So if you guys are having a little bit of audio issues or you know listening to anything I say, I apologize for that. But uh, I'll be uh, back in town next week for our next episode that we have. But uh, Rich did a good job on breaking down the Ravens game from week two. Um, so how you feel about going into week three against the Chargers? There's a big uncertainty with the defense and who will show up or how they will show up. So that's the biggest part for me. Um, still optimistic about us winning a game, but I think it's another nail biter that goes into the fourth quarter. And we'll talk all about that here shortly. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so kind of as we uh, dig here into the week three matchup against the Los Angeles Chargers, I know every time we about to say the Chargers, we always want to say San Diego still, right? So I always try to make sure we say Los Angeles Chargers, but um, we are playing them this Sunday at Arrowhead at noon. Um, and just kind of, you know, one thing is obviously the Chiefs, um, we have won 30, sorry, 31 out of the last 35 games against our AFC West opponents. So we've, you know, pretty much dominated them for a you know, very long time, whether it's the Raiders, Chargers, or Broncos. Uh, for the most part, so that's a pretty astounding record. Um, but, uh, you know, Rich will actually go ahead and break down the matchup numbers uh, for this week. All right. So the Los Angeles, right, not the San Diego Chargers, are 1-1. One one. They beat the Washington football team in week one and then lost on a last-minute field goal to the Dallas Cowboys last week, putting them at 1-1. One one. Same for the Chiefs, 1-1. One wins over the Cleveland Browns and the other AFC North opponent in the Baltimore Ravens where we took a loss also within the last offensive drive of the game. By the numbers, the Chargers come in at I don't I don't ever get why they put half numbers on points, but 18 and a half points per game. Chiefs are at 34 points per game. So Chiefs definitely have the lead there on points allowed. Chargers are at 18 points per game, and the Chiefs are at 32.5 points per game. So the Chargers definitely come in with a better defense. From a yardage perspective, in the air, the Chargers are at about 338 yards per game. Chiefs are at 340, pretty even there. From a rushing perspective, the Chargers come in at 93 yards per game. Chiefs come in at 68 yards per game. Chargers have the advantage there. Defensively, from a yard allowed on the in the passing front, 186 yards allowed per game by the Los Angeles Chargers, 280 for the Chiefs. Rushing-wise, the Chargers come in at 162 yards per game, and the Chiefs come in at 202 yards per game. Um, it's really no secret on who their offensive leaders are, right? I mean, your quarterbacks are Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes. Austin Eckler being the main rusher there in Los Angeles. Clyde Edwards-Alaire being our top rusher. Despite them having about the same amount of carries over two games, 
Austin Eckler has one touchdown, which Clyde Edwards does not, and he has about 30 more yards rushing. And then the top receivers, the two big names for both teams in Keenan Allen at 13 receptions, 208 yards, no touchdowns yet. Tyreek Hill with 14 receptions, 211 yards, and one touchdown. So no surprise on the numbers. I think when we just overall think about the teams, right, Chiefs pass the ball a ton, don't run the ball a lot, haven't been playing good defense. Chargers have a pretty darn good defense led by Derwin James, Joey Bosa, and then offensively got a little bit of firepower with Justin Herbert and his passing attack that Keenan Allen leads. Um, and then on the ground, right, Austin Eckler, Larry Roundtree, the rookie from Missouri, being their top rushers. So, yeah, looking into those numbers or talking about any hearing them, Scott, what do you um, got for us from an injury perspective for this game? So um, with uh, basically the latest report we have is from yesterday. Um, obviously, we don't have today's injury report yet, but I will go over here real quick with what our injuries look like and also the Ravens. Um, as of – I think as you meant the, the Chargers. Oh, <laughs> it's still on your see, head. I'm, I'm, I'm already see. I'm sorry. I still have the week two in my brain. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah. Sorry. Chiefs and Chargers. See, I got the I got the LA part right, but I, I you know I didn't, I didn't say San Diego, but I, I got the uh, teams <laughs> one. Anyways, okay. So as far as on the Chiefs injury report uh, coming for this week, like I said, don't have the very latest one. But we have the one from yesterday. Um, looks like we had limited practice from both Chris Jones. Uh, with a wrist injury, and also we have the hamstring injury that's been bothering uh, Frank Clark with uh, limited practice as well. Uh, we had a few uh, full practice yesterday with everybody else. With like Hitchens was full practice with Nadi, uh, Blake Bell, Trey Smith, uh, Snead, and Austin Blake. They were all full practice yesterday. After uh, looks like it was limited uh, on um, Wednesday, so. Uh, so the only thing looks like we have concern going into, at least, like I said, we don't have the latest one coming out yet today uh, for the final injury report, but a um, little bit of concern there on the defensive end. Both of our defensive ends, you know, have that limited practice issue and, you know, see what happens, um, you know, going into, uh, you know, like I said, today uh, and then obviously to this week. So we'll keep a close eye on that uh, to see, um, you know, what happens with that outside of that. You know, we're, you know, looking pretty healthy um, as far as, you know, that front. And also, you know, also the report came out this week saying that Willie Gay Jr. Um, could be back next week, uh, week four against the Philly Philadelphia Eagles. So that would be a great help, too, especially with how our defense had uh, played the last uh, first two games. So we'll see. Keep a close eye on that um, for those two injuries. And then on the Chargers front, um, looks like we had a couple of the in- – People that did not practice yesterday, Joey Bosa, who's a big player on that defensive line, uh, Chris Harris Jr., really good player in the secondary, and then Justin Jones, the defensive tackle, um, they're up the middle with them. Uh, looks like they had a few guys that had full practice yesterday, like Derwin James and um, Austin Eckler is one of the notables that uh, for their offense and defensive stars. So looking at, looking into you know going into what you know their injury report might look like be very interesting to see what that Joey Bosa situation is like with that foot ankle injury. Um, and then also, um, except uh, you know, Justin Jones with the calf injury and Chris Harris 
Jr. with that soldier, shoulder injury going in to this week. So those, just like the Ravens last week, you know, they had a lot of uh, players that were out. So it'd be interesting to see what happens, you know, going into this week. Yeah, I mean, uh, let's dive straight into the matchups. I mean, I'll start out with um, the guy that you mentioned, Joey Bosa. I think Joey Bosa versus either our left or right tackle is key to keeping Patrick Mahomes clean, giving him time, whether he stays in the pocket or rolls out. Um, so, yeah, Joey Bosa, anytime he's limited, that's good for the team he's going against. Um, Orlando Brown has already gone through an absolute gauntlet of pass rushers between Jadavian Clowney, Miles Garrett, mostly Miles Garrett in that first game. In the second game with Justin Houston, Adafi Owe, and then now Joey Bosa. So if he is, uh, if there's one player on the Chiefs earning a contract so far, it is Orlando Brown Jr. And he's done well over the first two games. He allowed a sack late or half a sack because Clowney and Garrett met at the quarterback. Um, so he allowed a, a sack late in the game there versus the Browns, but nothing against the Ravens. So I'm hoping he continues that form. Um, if they put Joey Bosa on his side a lot, to me. That's probably the biggest matchup on the offensive side of the ball. From an offensive side, what are you thinking on your biggest matchup or your matchup to watch? Uh, I mean, I do definitely agree with that part. I will like to say that, you know, my key matchup as far as on our offense is also, let's try to see more if we get that running game going, right? We still struggle struggle the first two games. Um, you know, Clyde edwards Lair. For so far this year, he's had 27 carries for 89 yards. So that's 3.3 yards per carry, right? Um, so we do know that this is a brand new offensive line. It's going to, and we, even before the season started, it was going to take, you know, could, you know, a few games to halfway through the season before they could all gel together and get the better. So it's, they're still all learning. Like I said, half of them are pretty much rookies. I mean, two of them definitely are rookies. One just wasn't here last year because of the COVID. But um, they're all just all still getting together um, and working things out. So hopefully we can see more from that running game this week. I'd like to you know see us get, like I said, obviously give Clyde some more opportunities, not only running, but also give him some um, screens, right? Give him some targets. You know, we haven't really been able to use him as far as on that. So it'd be interesting to see if they get him more involved in the offense i think that's pretty much like i would say like my key for the offense is to see how much more they can get clyde into uh the offense especially after what happened in the ravens game how is he going to bounce back right how is this offense going to bounce back from that I, I don't think we'll have an issue as far as in the passing game but on the running game and on his mind um you know i look for him to bounce back in a big way um but we'll see how all you know see how it goes for that yeah, I mean, and one thing with Andy Reid is he he has a lot of trust in his players, and he gives them the confidence, or he gives them the opportunity to show that they've they are able to bounce back. So he has a lot of confidence in them, and I am there right there with you. That um, Arab enemy was even quoted saying in one of his press conferences this week that um, this is the best week of practice he's seen in Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Just saw him take it up a notch. You know, not saying that he doesn't practice hard and all of that. Just saying that. He practiced like he knew he messed up the past weekend, which he did. I mean, and that's the attitude you want from a, a professional, especially one on a championship-caliber team like ours. So it'll be interesting to see how much they feed him, in, and you are spot on with. We haven't gotten him very involved catching the ball, whether it's screens or routes out the backfield. 
Um, and that's one of the, his biggest strengths, right, coming out of LSU. He was known for that, and that's probably why we drafted him in the first round. Um, he, he is okay running the ball right between the tackles, and he's good. He's okay. Um, but, yeah, he can really be a, a game changer if he gets the ball more in the air. So I'm with you right there that I think if we get him the ball, you know, it, I mean, he's going to get the opportunity, right? So yeah, that'll be definitely. a thing to see. Yep. Um, and on the defensive side, uh, I mean, where do you start, right? But um, <laughs> I, I we'll actually get into a little bit more of the defensive, uh, you know, how we've been playing the first two games. But as far as the matchup in this game, um, you know, Justin Herbert is not on Lamar Jackson, so he's not going to be, you know, running the ball a whole lot and all that. So, um, but the thing of it is, is it's still what's been the main issue for a while is still, you know, the the running game, right? It's it's trying to stop the run. So, um, and, and with the Chargers, there's nothing different. I mean, Austin Eckler is, you know, a great runner. And so it, I think the matchup, the key, the, the defensive key matchup, I would say for us is once again, to stop the run. Um, you know, hopefully, like we won't have, like I said, we still won't have Willie Gay Jr., but, um, you know, stopping the run as far, and basically overall, stopping the run means making tackles. And that's something that we haven't been able to do either as well. But um, I think overall, it's kind of basic for me. It's kind of like you stop the run. I think we'll be good enough, obviously, to win the game. But if we can't stop the run, it's going to be another close game. For sure. And, um, I mean, I guess matchup-wise, like you said, it's really more about the team's ability to shed blocks, make tackles, stop the run. Um, I would say how Sorensen does and – where he ends up line, lining up and how he performs is a key matchup. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it starts with the line. Can they shed blocks? What happens with Chris Jones? We've gone through two games where they moved him around a bit. In one game, he was impactful in the second half. In the second game, he wasn't really impactful at all with the type of offense that the Baltimore Ravens ran. So, um, yeah, for me, it's where do they move Chris Jones to be impactful to, to whether it's stopping the rush or the run getting Justin Herbert, making him uncomfortable. Because even though he's not Lamar Jackson, he still can move, right? He's not Peyton Manning sitting neck there in the pocket. But right. um, so I think the the biggest matchup for me is just how impactful can Nick Bolton be with filling gaps, making tackles, making sure that Eckler doesn't break out and run for 150 yards on us. And then Sorensen, what happens there? He is going to start. He's going to get meaningful playing time. Um, if you've been following Twitter or Chiefs social media or whatever it is, the Juan Thornhill situation, it's not a matter of he's not talented. It seems to be some other um, professional issues that he might have, right? Whether it's playbook, understanding a playbook, being a good teammate, I'm not sure. There's all kind of things being mentioned there on why a player of his caliber, his talent, um, played very little after playing a good amount of games week one. Mm-hmm. Um, or Sorry, not week, uh, not games, but plays. So, right. um so, yeah, that'll be an interesting situation to see is how much of Sorensen we get versus Thornhill because we know Thornhill is more talented, can also hit. He wants to hit. Sorensen, it's not that he doesn't want to hit because he gets there. It just doesn't – takes him a little bit more, right? Um, you know, like yeah. for me getting things off the top shelf, it takes me a little bit uh, more of a hop than what it takes you, right? So, um, yeah, that's just how it Definitely. is. So, matchup for me is just I want to see a team that's tough, that gets to the ball – and actually hits and wraps up um, versus what we saw last week. I agree with that. And I, and I think, I mean, you know, just go, going after 
um, kind of what you just said. I think that we're going to have a different game plan going into, you know, this week against the Chargers after that. I mean, we got to, right? We got to change it up and do something different. And I think Spags is going to be ready for the Charger, for the Chargers and, um, you know, get something uh, going for that. So kind of with basically we kind of just went over with our matchups. What would you say the game prediction would be or your final score for uh, week three against the Chargers? Um, well, thought about this one just like I have the other two, and I've been off for the most part. But um, the Chargers have not scored more than – well, I mean, they scored 20 to win their first game. They didn't score more than 20 in the last game. Um, but I would say the Cowboys and the football team's defense are l- much better than ours. So I think this is going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be mid to late 30s just like this one, um, just like the Ravens game was. So I would have to say if it's not like a 35-38 or a 35-42 Chiefs, I still think the Chiefs will win. I think they'll have to score a lot. I don't think our defense does anything to to pull away. Um, it's just Mahomes doing what he does best, and I, I do think Clyde Edwards will have a better day. But, yeah, I could see something like a 42-35, somewhere around there, low 40s for the Chiefs, um, and then, you know, mid to even late 30s for the Chargers. I think they'll score a lot more than what they've been scoring. Right. And just like you were saying, we've been kind of off the first two weeks because I think I even said last week the Ravens for the – or sorry, Ravens and Chiefs game, I think I said Chiefs 38-17. So it was kind of, kind of almost in there with the Chiefs, but definitely wasn't there with the Ravens. So um, just, you know, going off of what we've seen so far this year, and um, like I said, obviously the Chargers had played some better defenses than us. Um, I'm kind of right there with you. I'm going to go ahead and say, um, obviously I think the Chiefs are going to win because it's going to be at Arrowhead. Um, and then they normally get pumped up, obviously, for games, not only at home, but against um, divisional rivals at home as well. So I'm going to go ahead and say Chiefs 38, Chargers 28. Um, I'm hoping that this week we can keep our the other team below 30 points. So I'm going to go ahead and say 38-28 um, Chiefs. Yeah, and what's weird is you look at the Chargers' numbers, and they can pass the ball. They can run the ball. They are within the top seven offenses in the NFL from a passing perspective and I think even from a from a rushing perspective. So they move the ball a ton. They just can't score. Um, whether right. I mean, and I watched, I've watched – some of their games, whether it's be against the football team or the Cowboys. Um, and they, they moved the ball really well, but Justin Herbert had to, had a turnover last game. And I don't know if it's, they're missing Hunter Henry, but I mean, he's always hurt. Uh, um, but that's kind of the, the, the Chargers story all the time, right? Is they look good. They move the ball. They can't seem to win. They can't seem to, um, you know, punch it in for touchdowns and stuff like that. So, um, the good thing about the Chiefs is, you know, in the past when we've had a, a, a decent defense, it's we we bend a lot, but we don't break. So maybe we get back to that. And I'd love to see the Chiefs keep them under 20 points as they've, let's say, scored no more than that over the last two games. I just don't really see that, right? I don't see how our defense drastically improves from one game to another. Um, it's not just an attitude thing. There's a scheme thing. There's players catching up. Um, getting healthy, there's all kinds of things, right? So that's why I think, yeah, somewhere to – some. it'll be a high-scoring game, somewhere between 
six to eight touchdowns for both. Te- I mean, not each yeah. team, right? But, but yeah, between both teams, right? Um, somewhere around there. So it's going to be high scoring. I mean, I, 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 like you said, it's going to be a shootout. If you remember the game, you know, last year, the first game we played against, actually was the opener, right? Um, when it was Tyrod Taylor supposed to start, and then um, he had the was it the rib injury, and they mm-hmm. put in Justin Herbert. And uh, Justin Herbert came out there like he was prepared to, you know, play that game, even though he wasn't going to be the starter going in to the day. Um, it just happened that, you know, he was kind of the starter, but that he played pretty well against us in that first game. And, you know, for there, I thought, almost thought they were, they were going to win that game. So I could I could see it being, like I said, a really close game, just like the Ravens this past week. So it's going to be very interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, and defensively, I know the Chargers have really good players in Bosa. Kenneth Murray is there. I guess he's now on his third year or second year from linebacker from LSU that they got. I think it was last year. Um, I think it was last year, yeah. So, I mean, he's a good – you know, he's your typical fast and speedy athletic LSU linebacker that's everywhere. Um, Then they have Derwin James who's healthy. He plays everywhere. He'll play nickel, corner, in the box, free safety. Um, He does everything, right? So, I don't think he'll be spying Travis Kelsey that much because he can just – he can impact you in so many other ways. Um, but yeah, they've got two or three really, really, I mean, top five, seven at their position between Bosa and James. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, this is one of those games where, as you mentioned, I mean, when Herbert came in last year, that was the first game versus them, right? Since the last game in the season was kind of the, the one where we just sat everybody. Um, I mean, we went 23 to 20 in overtime. So it was a close game with a rookie quarterback in his first ever start. So the defense had to been had to been playing pretty well to keep the Chiefs to basically twenty points all game, right? Um, so I mean, that's the thing is this game seems to be super unpredictable. It's a division game, so those are always tough. It's not a Thursday night because uh, that's one place the Chargers used to find a way to get us or either blow it last minute um, whenever Philip Rivers was there. Um, Oh, don't get yeah. me talk to, talking about Thursday night games, but we'll, hopefully we'll probably get into that later this year. But uh, yeah, don't worry, don't I'm not really fond of the Thursday night football games for. <laughs> so yeah, so I mean, this is it's. I mean, you know the the fact that we complain about how our team plays or that we didn't win is a much better feeling than what you know we used to feel that what we used to feel before Andy Reid got here, right? When it was like, well, we won a game, awesome. Um, but um, but yeah, I mean, so it's just there's just as a football enthusiast, you want to see Steve Spagnuolo and that defense figured out, play better, just get better week by week, offensively, get the ball to Clyde Edwards-Alaire more as we've been talking about, and then just some good matchups from a football perspective with Orlando Brown, Joey Bosa, Derwin James, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. They have Chris Harris Jr. right, the former Broncos corner. Yeah, um, and then they have as long as he Asante. plays. Oh yeah, true. And then they have Asante Samuel Jr., who, um, you know, for football heads, his dad was a longtime Patriot and then an Eagle. Um, and he got his first interception last week, too. So they've got some talented players in that secondary. Um, it'll just be a, a good football game. I hope for the sake of it, it's high scoring and we still win because I just like watching points. Yeah. Um, you know, football's come a long way from those defensive days. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and, um, uh... As we, you know, we've talked about obviously in just in this episode a lot about defense. So let's just kind of bring in for kind of our final topic and for the day is kind of about our defense, like kind of break it down a little bit. 
And just, you know, everyone likes stats, right? Everyone likes to compare stats and see how things are going. So I'll just throw out a couple of numbers that we've had in our Chiefs chat this week um, <laughs> after the Ravens game. So, and it's this very uh, impressing stuff. So I'll just throw out a couple of things here. Uh, so one thing is um, our opponents have scored touchdowns against the Chiefs on 42 of their last 53 trips in the red zone. And that's well, 79 point. Yeah, that's a lot. That's 79.2% of the time they reach the red zone, they're leaving with a touchdown. Um, so that's, that, that's kind of, that's crazy right there. Um, and then, you know, speaking of just like tackles, obviously the chiefs of the first two games have missed 21 tackles. Um, and <laughs> funny thing is um, Sorensen has nine of them. Um, no other chiefs player has more than two and no other <laughs> NFL player has more than six. So, I mean, you're looking at that right there. That's just, you know, outrageous. Um, and I'll put a final one out here. I, I do have other stuff, but I want to get carried away with the stats, but I'll just do one other one. Uh, most rushing yards that are allowed in the league, the Chiefs have 404 yards um, rushing yards allowed. The second is 325 for the Seahawks. And the Chargers are actually third with 324. So maybe that might help, you know, Clyde Edwards earlier this week. We'll see. Most rushing touchdowns allowed uh, for the year so far, the Chiefs have seven. In the second place, eight teams are tied with three. So that's an impressive stat right there. And then also most yards per rush allowed, which is, this might actually help us out too, um, for, or both ways, is the Chiefs are at six yards uh, per rush at number one, and the Chargers at number two with 5.6 yards uh, per rush allowed. So just those stats right there is just mind-blowing, and you know exactly where – um, you know, the things that we need to work on, but just, you know, going off that or, you know, what other things that you might have to think about, um, you know, for our defensive woes per se so far. Yeah. I mean, well, I always go back and watch the condensed version of these games. Um, NFL also said that game passes, all 22 view should come back today. So I've always, I always like watching that. Cause you get that coach's perspective. Yeah. Those are awesome. Um, yeah. From them, from the games. And when I watch both of our games from this year, especially the Ravens games, one, I see guys just late to the ball, right? So whether they're tired or they're just not in full condition, why they wouldn't be when other teams are, I'll never understand that. But, um, I mean, it is what it is. They just looked a little bit slower than everybody. Um, a lot of that could be due to the fact that it looks like they're reading a lot and then reacting. I, to me personally, I like defenses that attack. The Ravens are a defense that always attacks. The Steelers, they always attack. They have guys filling gaps, um, finding ball carriers. It's multiple people getting to the ball. Um, and that's just not there for the Chiefs, right? So I want to see more just playing football, right? And, of course, they have assignments. They have – there's not a single thing they don't know what they're supposed to do about, right? They're, they do everything. They have everything outlined and assignments and all that stuff. Um, but Nick Bolton is our leading tackler. He's doing good mm -hmm. or as best as he can um, with it only being a second game. We need more people like that that attack the ball. Um, he may not be the fastest, but he's always in the right position. He's a downhill linebacker. Sorensen, like you said, right, he misses a lot of tackles, but he's also our third leading tackler. Um, so, I mean, he tries, right? Um, the guy definitely tries to tackle. The thing is, like I said, for me, it's play faster. Get off blocks. I mean, I've watched the Ravens game maybe three times, 
And yeah, people just weren't getting off blocks. They were just kind of watching to see where Lamar went. And I get, you know, sometimes that's a defensive strategy and obviously it didn't go well for us. It's um, that whole uh, reading and reacting is what we were doing is what they're saying. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's, I mean, and sometimes you have to with the quarterback like Lamar, because if you rush you, then he'll break containment and he's gone. But um, so yeah, see more attacking, playing downhill football, um, getting to the ball and hitting people violently right now. I'm not talking about targeting, but you know, aim for the via the neck, you know, bring your whole body with you, shoot your hips, wrap up, drive through them, and it just not be one person. It needs to be three, four, you know, as we get there and make them feel us early. Um, so, yeah, I talked about playing faster, playing downhill. Right. Um, our, our corners and our safeties shouldn't have to be, you know, tackling that much because we're we need more from the front six, front seven. When we're at front six, when we're in nickel situations, front seven, when we're um, in the typical 4-3 setup. Um, so that that's the biggest key for me is I just want to see a defense that's energized, that is going out there to play violently, that wants to hit people, that is actually wrapping up, tackling, um, you know, and just dictating how they play versus waiting to see how they play. Yeah, and, um, you know, as we mentioned, the Thornhill situation, you know, and obviously that by having Sorensen playing more and just because, you know, Thornthill hasn't been out there. I mean, that that's a little bit of difference to me as well. It would be interesting to see how much he, if Thornhill plays in this game or how much he does. But missing him out there is is obviously a big reason too. Obviously, we don't have Willie Gay Jr. So it's almost like, you know, some of these guys we have will definitely help out our defense. Obviously, you know, Willie Gay not this week, you know, more likely hopefully next week. But as you're saying, it's a, it's a team effort, right? It's like, let's try not to just, you know, ha- try to get where it's a couple people there to make that tackle where it's not that single tackle. Um, you know, Chris Jones was one of the guys that really struggled. I know he's new to the defensive end, but he was just getting hammered uh, on the outside. It just, it, it seemed like he was lost in the whole, you know, option with Jackson and all that. So, um, yeah, I think, I mean, I think and, overall. And one thing about Chris Jones is, um, um, you know, you mentioned him being on the outside is the Chargers drafted arguably the best left, the the best polished left tackle in the draft in Rashawn Slater. And he's done pretty good. Um, so he'll be no cakewalk for it'll be no, you know, cakewalk or walk in the park for Chris Jones when he's at defensive at the right defensive end spot going right. up against Slater. So, yeah, I mean, like I prefer for him to be inside. Um, but I mean, you know, some guy that gets that knows a lot more than I do. And Steve Spagnuolo knows what he's doing. Agreed. Yeah, we'll we'll see if he, you know, maybe they are going to start putting him maybe a little bit more inside. It, it would be nice. I mean, I know, like I said, they're still really trying to put him on the outside. He's not really fast enough for a defensive end, um, and, you know, at least in my opinion I have seen. Uh, obviously, you know, the second half in that, you know, the first game uh, that we had, you know, he actually came away with, what, two sacks um, and played pretty well, but it's, it's all about – how different, you know, differences the offensive run um, and all that, you know, as far as what games we're playing against. Because Lamar Jackson, it's just kind of hard to, you know, right. where is he going to be? He, he's going to be, he's going to, you know, jumping inside, he's going to jump outside. He's just like, you just don't know. Or he's going to give it to the running back or he's going to, you know, fake the handoff and throw a slant. So, um, you know, it's all new. Like I said, it's, in, it's a, we're just two games in. But I mean, um, just tackling Lamar Jackson is hard, right? Yeah. <laughs> Even if you have him right there, it's like still. Trying to catch a mouse. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, like I said, it's it's only two games, uh, but we we 
you do see that there is an issue obviously there um, just judging off those stats and um, with you know the running game and tackles. So let's, you know, hopefully we'll see that, you know, come together this week, at least a little bit, you know, right. Maybe not like a hundred percent. Cause they're not going to be like all of a sudden like, boom, you know, wrapping up everybody and everything's, you know, hundred percent better in one week. That doesn't happen like that in the NFL, but you know, at least see something uh, different this week. Uh, that would be nice. And, you know, kind of, I know we're talking about defense, not really so much about contracts and, um, you know, everyone after we saw Honey Badger ha- or sorry, Tyron Matthew, Honey Badger, whatever you want to call him, um, had those two interceptions. Were they really, was it really him or was it really Lamar Jackson throwing the bad passes? It was more so that was our bad passes. But I will say, as far as a defense, um, you know, as far as our leader on defense and all that, I, I do hope that they are thinking about getting him signed quickly, but I don't know if it's something more so they want to wait to the end of the season. But I guess what are your thoughts on that with everyone jumping on, oh, we should definitely, you know, we got to sign him right away after those two interceptions that he was just in the right place at the right time, right? Right. I mean, and and to be honest with you, like that's a lot of, you know, being a good safety, right, is being in the right spots at the right time. He's normally the in-the-box safety that is supporting the run, playing the nickel, jamming, nickel wide receivers, things like that. He's more the one that gets dirty. Um, but – yeah, and those he was playing center field and and well, I mean on one of them he was playing center field. The other one, um, Sammy Watkins slips. He's playing double coverage on Sammy Watkins, and uh, Sammy slips. He catches it. So, um, yeah, I'll I mean, just point, out, point out. I was going to point out real quick too. He almost actually had a third one, and that one he actually was smart enough to read that, but he actually almost had a third interception later in the game. Yeah. I mean, and, and so we've had several conversations about this, right? And Tyron Matthew um, really up until this season was one of those players where I think he's great. His, his energy is amazing. Um, you know, sometimes the things he posts on Twitter drives me crazy, but Hey, you know, it's you, everybody it has their right is. to post whatever they want. Right. Um, but what I saw or what I've seen in these moments of stress for this defense is, him really step it up from a leadership perspective. Um, and I think he's always been that way, right? It's just we have to see it more since the defense is that bad. But um, like you mentioned is a lot of people were like, sign him, there's this value. We also got to keep things in perspective. I'm one of those people that think that you should pay your best players, but you also have to make sure that you have enough money to pay a lot of good players because um, absolutely, yeah, you can't yeah. just have two or three people hogging up 50% of the salary cap, and then you've got a bunch of other players who aren't that good. Now, with that being said, is I hope that he ha- he keeps in mind that the Chiefs are the best team for him at the moment. Um, he got paid pretty much this last time, so you know, hopefully a lot of players sometimes have that mentality of, I got the big paycheck, now I want multiple rings. Um, so I would say I'd want to keep him, I think, which which – I don't know what, like a month ago, remember we were talking and I was saying that that wasn't the case for me is I yeah. think there's a number and you don't pay him more than this, but I'm one of those that now it's like, man, if you give him two years or three years of fully guaranteed money, cause I know he's starting to get up there in age. Maybe, um, like I said, maybe his cap hit isn't that high, but he's got more guaranteed money, which, you know, who doesn't want guaranteed money. Right. Um, yeah. I think that'd be a good one because what he does for this team and this defense's energy and attitude is great. There was also a, a cool tweet he put out. Somebody was ripping Steve Spagnolo, obviously, like you mentioned, calling for his head already, saying we should fire him, blah, blah, blah. And he said, you know, no, 
look to me for accountability. I'm the one. The players are the ones not doing what they're supposed to do. That's a dang good man. Um, you know, so don't talk about my coach. He's like, you know, come at me and I'm going to fix it. So, mm-hmm. and I like that. And obviously it's Twitter, it's social media, but we know that that's Tyron Matthew on the field as well. So um, I think we should, without a doubt, sign him within reason. Obviously the cap is going to go up a good amount of money. Um, you know, we'll probably move Patrick's money and all that stuff, but we still got to pay Orlando Brown, which to me, that is based on how he's playing. That's going to be the biggest um, signing, whether it's free agency signing or keeping our own of this year is what happens with his contract situation. But Tyron Matthew, without a doubt, I would resign him um, with the caveat of at the right rate. Oh, hopefully a good rate for the team and for his pocket as well. What are your thoughts on it? Yep. No, I totally agree. Um, you know, obviously with, you know, someone brought out the stat and obviously we kind of know that one fourth of our salary cap this year is on the defensive line. And what has the defensive line done so far this year? I mean, it's two games, right? But it's like, yeah, we we know that Frank Clark has had an issue over the last, you know, even last season. You know, he didn't. He's like, he's, he's like, oh, he only steps up in the playoffs. He doesn't do well. He was hurt last year, um, you know, too as well. But you know, just judging off that, I would rather have obviously. I mean, I, I like Chris Jones. Obviously, he's he's you know one of the inferior defensive linemen guys that you want to have in your team. But if it comes down to, hey, we don't have enough money to pay Tyron Matthew and we have all this money in Frank Clark, well, you got to reduce somebody's contract there to get Tyron Matthew because I, I'm mean, 100% agree with you. I like the two or three year deal if you can get them, you know, for that fully guaranteed money. But you might have to move something around here. You know, obviously, Anthony Hitchens has a big uh, cap number next year, too, um, for the contract we had for him. So they're going to have to do a lot of maneuvering around, you know, and who knows, obviously with our young linebackers we have now, Hitchens is probably gone next year. Um, and Frank Clark, if he's not, you know, willing to reduce his contract, you know, he could be gone too as well. But yeah, and with Clark, I think, don't we have a, is it this year? Isn't it at the end of this year, we have the option to. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's for both, both Hitchens and Clark, we have that option where they're, yeah, their dead money isn't going to be, you know, that bad to get rid of both of them next year. Um, but, and we'll save a ton in the cap space. So that's why I think, you know, seeing how, how things go, I mean, I, obviously I want, I would like to keep Tyron Matthew, obviously not too much, right. You know, I want to go overboard with how much he might want, but if it's the right price, you know, the right fit for that, for both sides, I, I think you gotta be able to get that done for him. Yeah. Cause it looks like, um, what is he this year? He's at. What's his cap hit? Um, 19 million. So, I mean, he's at the top of his, um, of his payout, high. right, of his of his contract. Um, I don't – let me see. Can I look up quickly what Harrison Smith, the safety from the Vikings, got? I don't think he gets that money because he is older. I mean, he's 29. Right. Um, so, there's got to be that in mind. And that's why I say like a two-year contract. Man, if we say – like if, if Brett Veach says something like, hey, I'll give you two years at $32 million guaranteed, $16 million for both years, it seems like that would be good for the Chiefs. Now, obviously, I don't understand how the, you know, where you allocate certain money so that it's the less least impact on your uh, salary cap. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, because like Harrison Smith is going to be making, and actually he's older. 
Harrison Smith is 32, and he just got he's gonna be making like 13, 17, 17, and 20 million over the next four years. So Yeah, um, it's gonna be a high number, I think. I mean, obviously within a range, right? But um and he's playing on a good team. He's playing on one of the best teams in the league, if not the best team, right? In the league. So, you know, will he give you know give us a little side discount, you know, depending right. on, <laughs> on that price too as well. So we'll we'll just, we'll see about that. Yeah, and I mean, and, and it'll be interesting to see how big of an impact he has on the second game back. He won't be – he'll have more – he'll be in more game shape after one game. You know, you get that first set of hidden people um, as you normally would. Um, so, yeah, that'll be it, – it'll just be interesting to see how this defense reacts, especially with Tyron Matthew leading them. Yep, I agree. And, uh, yeah, we'll definitely find out here shortly, you know, here in a couple of days and see how we will respond uh, to that Ravens game. So um, just for that, that will basically be all the time we have for today. Um, next week, like I said, we'll break down the Chiefs and Chargers game uh, from you know week three. And uh, that will be it. So uh, thanks again for everyone listening, and don't forget to follow our podcast. Go Chiefs! <laughs>